Many men are living secret lives. They carry with them a secret world of inner feelings, including sadness, anger, fear, and shame. But more than ever before, men from all walks of life are entering into therapy for the first time and sharing secrets about themselves. It's an unfamiliar and vulnerable place to be. Today, we're going to talk to psychotherapist James Hawes about the secret emotional lives of men, what it means to be a man, and how men can train themselves to build better emotional fitness. Welcome to episode eight of Better Brain, Better You. enjoyed your book the secret lives of men so i love the title so do men have secret lives <laughs> well in the book um you may have noticed i i mean there's often a um this idea that uh, women are a mystery you know and uh that you know it would take you know, thousands of books to understand that mystery. Yeah. And I kind of turned that around because I think actually, I think we as men are the mystery. Uh-huh. And I think one of the reasons for that is that we struggle to talk about what's going on inside of our heads. So often women will say, what are you thinking? Or um, what's going on? And, and we don't know often. Yeah. You know, we say nothing, uh, stuff like that. So... I, I suppose that sense is, yeah, I think men are a mystery to themselves uh-huh. and we're generally a mystery to other people and certainly, almost definitely, to most women. Okay. And do you think, so do you think it means something to be different, a man today, than perhaps it was years ago? Or? I think that, well, I think there's um, different expectations in terms of relationships yeah. of men. I mean, before it was classically, wasn't it? And I think about my father, you know, is the classic protector and provider. They go out to work and they bring their money home and they give some money to the, the, the wife, the housewife, and she does look after the house and yeah. he might go to the pub or, you know, or whatever. And, um, and that was it. That was what was, that was okay. But nowadays, I think, in terms of modern healthy relationships... There's more expectations on men to be a bit more engaged, well, a lot more engaged in the home, um, uh, in, you know, relationship, building relationship. Yeah. And of course, you know, most, well, a, a lot of women now go out to work as yeah. well. So we both work. Yeah. Um, so, and I think there's been definitely more expectation on men's, you know, emotional health and emotional connection with, with women. They, they want more of that, I think. Yeah. And do you think men are struggling to sort of find their identity in that kind of new, um, new expectations of them? I, well, it's, a, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I think um, men, men, I think we've changed. I think, you know, more modern men, we've kind of, we've got a bit more connected and we've, we've ri- raised or rise, rose to those expectations. Um, but in my work with, you know, hundreds of men, I mm. kind of still, and couples, yeah. I still see a lot of issues that actually men are emotionally mute. They're not kind of doing much of the emotional work in the relationship. Um, 
And so that, that I think they're struggling. Yeah. And, and I think women are struggling as well because they kind of want this. And this is one of the points of writing the book. I think a lot of women in relationship with men, they want a man who's more emotionally connected. Yeah. But my experience was that, okay, you know, they, they the wife, the partner may send the man to go and get some therapy, become more emotionally fit, as I say. They become more emotionally fit. They go home yeah. and they start talking about their vulnerable feelings. And then they hear the message, well, man up, mate. You know, you're, I don't want to hear that. And well, so why is that? Well, because most, most women have been brought up in a, their family of origin with a father who is generally emotionally distant. He might be good at doing DIY or whatever. Yeah. So their, their understanding and their expectation of, of, of a man is, well, he does all that and actually he's quite, he's distant, but he's strong. But then, but they know that in a modern relationship, they want more from a man. So it's all, it ends up being confused. So my view is that if we want, and if women want men to change, we, women need to change their expectations as well. And, and to actually, okay, can I embrace a man's vulnerability? Can I be with him when he is, you know, we might say weak, he shows his emotions. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's quite a difficult thing for, for a lot of women. I mean, it's interesting you said to use that, that phrase, weak. Mm. I mean, that's what I wonder when a lot of men, when they come to see you or they're considering you know, their feelings and coming to talk to you about their feelings, their relationships, and so on, do they often present that way where they feel weak? And in fact, just picking up what you said there, do, mm. do their wives often perceive them as, as weak as well for, I, for needing help? Yeah, well, I, well, I, I think it's, it's quite confusing, isn't it? I, th I think, well, and even saying that language, I mean, that language is a kind of, almost the language on the street, you know, still I hear boys say this, that, you know, showing your vulnerable emotions is, yeah. is weakness. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I kind of don't, you know, clearly I don't like that, because I think actually to show your emotions takes, your vulnerable emotions takes courage, yeah. real strength. Yeah. Um, but I have heard, I've sat with boys and I sat with a man not so long ago and that phrase, and I think I put it in the book, um, kindness is weakness, you know, yeah. and this is the stuff of, well, if I show kindness, if I show love, it, it's, it's really dangerous, Yeah. you know, and because I could be perceived as weak and then I could be perceived as vulnerable and then I could be attacked and then I could be rejected. Yeah. So I, I think it, for whatever, however men have evolved in the last 50 or 60 years, you know, and we clearly in society we have changed somewhat, I would still contest whether men have evolved much in terms of their emotional well-being. Okay. Mm. Something else that you say there as well, so that, so piqued my interest, the... Uh, so being rejected, I'm thinking of my own feelings here, my own sort of vulnerabilities. That, that kind of, you know, that's perhaps one of the kind of is that one of the biggest or a big barrier to men sort of embracing, you know, your approach because this idea of being, you know, being vulnerable and being kind of willing to put yourself out there and be kind of vulnerable and show your emotions. But I think particularly if you've had a distant, you know, distant parents when you're younger. And that kind of experience, it's actually, it's, it's, it's hard yeah. to, 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 pu to push yourself into these, into these situations where you might be rejected. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. yeah absolutely. I, I think for me, um, 
men showing their vulnerable feelings is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, uh, you know, because we've learned and we've built up these kind of, kind of strong external um, projections and, you know, to you know, ultimately to emotionally protect ourselves. Yeah. And it's almost like, well, what, now you want me to be vulnerable? Now you want me to share some of this? It's frightening because they have learned, and I think, you know, I mentioned it in the book, and I think what most men learn very early on, and I think they learn it from their fathers, is emotional self-reliance. Yeah. So I'm just going to, I'm going to have to deal with this in myself because, or I'll go to the, the classic cave because if I, if I dare say um, something that I need help or that I share my anxiety or I cry, yeah. that is frightening because we don't know what the other is going to say. Yeah. And we, we've had the messages, you know, big boys don't cry or yeah. don't be weak, don't be a sissy, don't be a girl, don't be whatever. Yeah. And so it's frightening to, you know, with, with, you know those rules, I call, we call them, you know, call it the man rules, you know, are, are really, it's almost like a, um, it's like the gender police almost, you know, that idea that, <laughs> right. you know, don't you dare yeah. show those emotions because you are going to be, well, and we talk, I talk about it in the book, you are going to be shamed. Yeah. You are, you know, and yeah. that's that, that kind of real man discourse. So two things you, that you've said there. So how, the ways, what are the different ways that men do? So you mentioned the man cave was yeah. the first. The man cave and shame were the two things that I wanted mm. to pick up on then you just talk, you talked about. So what are the, other than the man cave, what are the different ways in which men do sort of this kind of manifestation of protecting themselves and not being vulnerable? So, so people listening and watching yeah. might be able to kind of identify different ways in which sure. men, people are expressing that kind of defence mechanism. Yes. Well, I, I think I think one of the main ways in terms of emotions and I, is 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 anger, right? Know? So, and, and I call it our emotional defence system. And what are we defending ourselves against? Well, we're defending ourselves against expressing those vulnerable, so-called smaller feelings. Yeah. Anger generally is seen as a strong emotion, and that's often all we've got as men. So I often say that our anger may seep out, or it may explode out mm. you know and and so that is our classic if you want defense system you know or, or not talking being 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 absolutely mute you know moody you know that kind yeah. of passive aggressive kind of quite controlling behavior that most of us are fairly good at you know most relationships have some of that in it because it's it, it's it's the unspoken it, it's it's difficult to share our truth to share what what we and is that is the angle always going to overt Anger, or no, is it? No, I think it's it, it's 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 covert. It's it's passive. You know, I think we men, yes. You know, whenever I talk about anger, you know, men and well, most people would be think about the aggressive or the rage. You right, know, it's the externalisation. Yeah. but actually, I think most of us and most of us men, we we attack ourselves. You know, I call it yeah. passive anger. We turn it in and we beat ourselves up. And that's what we do when we go, if we have this so-called idea of the psychological man cave, yeah. we go we go away and we whip ourselves, we beat ourselves, we shame ourselves because we've made a mistake, we've kind of let something out. And, and then we come back, you know, often, you know, come back into the situation, everything's back to normal. As yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah. So I think, and and I'm, I always say that, that that kind of psychological man cave is unhealthy. 
Um, it's not a healthy way. And I think, just to add on to your original question, the other thing I think that what men do to deal with um, difficult emotions is that they, um, they look for external comforters. You know, right. so these idea, this idea that how when I'm in pain or when I'm struggling, external comforters. You know, right. so these idea, this idea that how when I'm in pain or when I'm struggling with something, if I can't speak, if I can't say it, yeah. can't, can't look for help for my emotional kind of difficulties or wounds, we go for the comforters, which are things like, you know, sex, alcohol, drugs, gambling, yeah. uh, work, you know, yeah. anything that we're going to spend a lot of time in, we get some, we either intoxicate ourselves or we just get a lot of um, rewards from. So work, you know, men, you know, always working. You know, I've got to get better and better because it makes us feel good generally. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So the other concept that is really interesting, so uh, the other, and the other concept that you were talking about though, you were, or you briefly mentioned was, was shame. Yes. So could you just un unpack a bit what, what, what you mean, what you mean by that and how that kind of is expressed? Yeah. So, um, like with all emotions, I generally feel, um, and we could talk about this more, that, that, um, that emotions are neither um, positive or negative. Right. You know, but there, are, there is a healthy way of expressing an emotion and there's an unhealthy way of expressing okay. an emotion. Yeah. So if we look at shame, shame in its healthy sense is it's almost like when we... So we have a set of values, perhaps most of us, you know, shameless people don't, <laughs> you know, they've not got enough shame. Yeah. But generally, if we've got some healthy shame, it means that, you know, we've got a set of values, we've got some principles or morals or whatever. Um, now, when we go against... So what, so what was the examples of, do you mean by healthy shame? So, so in terms of if I have a value, say, if, okay, let's just look at in, in marriage. So, so I'm married. Now, if I, I've, I've made a commitment to my wife... In, in marriage now if I to to not go out and have sex outside the marriage say yeah. so if I was to have that sex outside the marriage um, bro I broke that kind of covenant or that agreement or whatever yeah. right. and shame healthy shame would say James you've, you, you've done something wrong here right. and I need to listen to that and say oh yeah that's gone against my values. So your, your values, your morals. Yeah. Your, yeah so right. I, I, I need to either adjust my behaviour or admit what I've done. That's shame that is healthy. Okay. So ex, you know, toxic shame, as I'd say, or an un unhealthy shame would be um, shame that has come from outside of us. So the external. So classically, we may have, um, we may have experienced that as a child. We, by our parents who or would have said or some teacher or whatever adult or even a peer have told us, mm -hmm. have exposed us for doing something that we thought was just perfectly natural in, in, in with our own understanding of shame and they have told us or got angry with us to say you don't do that, okay. that's, that's not good, you are um, you, you're almost, you're bad for doing that or expressing that in some way. And that's distinct from you run out in the road and don't do that because that's going to hurt yeah. you to yeah. something that's... Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, because there's that same... Well, if, if your child run out in the road and you, you know, verbally abuse them... Right. 
you know, and mocked them or then told told them all in front of okay. your friends later. Now, that's obviously shame, really shaming for that yeah, child. Yeah, yeah. If, they, if we get a caring and thoughtful a response and a loving response, well, of course, that's not shame. Mm. So I think, so there's that, there's that, what, what we've learned. But I also explore in the book this, this idea of gender shame, the idea of what we have learned about being a man. Okay. Uh, where we've learned that. So the classic thing of the real man discourse. The idea that, well, if you want to be a real man, you've got to tick this box, tick this box, tick this box. Otherwise, you're not really going to be part of the story. So we can live in kind of fear mm. in terms of, well, I better make sure I check all that because I want to be a real man. I don't want to be less than a man. Yeah. So we're, I, and I, I explore that sense of that I think masculinity is generally quite slippery and so we have to keep on proving ourselves and keep on yeah yeah okay you know this is when maybe we haven't got in touch with our our masculinity so this idea oh yeah i've got to keep making sure i'll be vigilant i must must do that mustn't mustn't show any emotion because that would be shaming and i'm gonna i'm gonna be chucked out of the real man kind of club or tribe if you know what i mean yeah I think in some of the ways you sort of characterise it then sort of feels very much like the sort of, you know, the, the kind of relationship pressures that you might have for being a real man, you know, both with your friends and your, yeah. and your partner, you know, and historically and even maybe it's sort of society, societal pressures yeah. as well that might make you behave that way. I mean, is that, you know, is that how you sort of see it? And also, is that, are, that, are they still there in, in the modern world given the sort of, you know, contemporary society now, you know, we've moved on, hopefully, you know, from, 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 the, from the old days of masculinity yeah. and, move, and moving forward to something, you know, a bit more progressive and a bit more, a bit more, a bit more balanced. Yes. You would hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, and then my problem is, and I get this question all the time about, well, we've moved on, haven't we? Yeah. And, and actually, you know, I work with teenage boys every week. Right. And I don't see this. I don't. I mean, I do see a sense of that the boys. Uh, they're, they're, they're de- well, uh, there's definitely a sense of that they. I think they want to, and they they want to be more connected with themselves and with other people. They want to be warmer. Yeah. But there's generally the the rules in the um, peers from the peers are all there. Okay. In terms of you don't. Um, you don't go against the rules. You don't step out of what we consider to be what, what to be a boy, to be, be a, yeah, to be a bad boy or be a man. So yeah. the rules, you know, the unspoken rules, I think, are still fairly because you know, if you if we think about what do boys do, you know, in terms of where do they get their information from? Well, they get them from the father, mm. and, and you know, whatever you know, whatever that might, whatever we might express as, as a father, if we're not in touch with our emotions or or. or what they see from us, they get it from. I mean, gaming, yeah. video. You know, if if you know, I know. You know, my lads might spend a lot of time. Um, they could be gaming. What what are the gamings? You know, it's, it's generally it might be shooting games. Yeah. It might be all that kind of macho kind of stuff. They then might be watch YouTube stuff, and it's all generally young men having a laugh, having a bit of banter, you know, uh, you know having some comedy and, and just watching endless, endless those sort of things. So, they, so, so the obvious, I think the obvious sort of, you know, response to that is, yeah. what's wrong with that? I mean, what's wrong with them expressing their masculinity? What's wrong with them? I mean, 
Is that unhealthy or? Well, when we talk about expressing their masculinity, it's like, well, it's almost like, what do we mean by masculinity? Because I think, you know, I, I can get myself into quite a lot of trouble and, I, and, and with certain people because I, I think, well, let's explore masculinity then. Well, what yeah. does it mean? My view yeah. is that it's a construct. You know, there's a, you know, it's a, you know, and there, there's many ways of expressing, you know, in a healthy way, there's many ways of expressing yourself as a boy, as a man, or there's many different masculinities. Yeah. But there is a, there seems to be still a dominant masculinity mm. or this, uh, you know, the construct of masculinity that, that, that overweighs all the others. Yeah. You know, so if you wanted to express your masculinity in a, in a bit more of a, um, you know, um, more emotionally vulnerable way, that would be definitely a, 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 a you know down or down on the margins of um, you know that wouldn't be part of what you wouldn't most boys wouldn't survive in the the classic popular group in the yeah. the hierarchy of this is what what it means to be a, a man. We're we're playing the right game here. You guys are just in division five. There's nothing. There's no growth. Yeah. And um, so the relationships have just kind of stopped. Yeah. And that's when people start to move away from each other, and they then might build up hurts, build walls, and then kind of just throw a grenade over every so often. And it's almost like, well, how do we develop psychological intimacy? Mm. How do we grow our relationship? And, and, and I think this idea of um, most of us would put a lot of time into different types of planning, yeah. you know, be it business planning, be it if we want to extend our house or do DIY projects or if we want to go on holiday, we're spending yeah. hours planning for that. Yeah. But how many of us at the beginning of a year or wherever will we sit down and say, do you know what, we're going to look at a kind of plan for our relationship. We're going to, where, where do we want to be at the end of this year? In relationally. Right. So that almost sounds... Functional, the way you sort of describe that there, as if you're sort of planning your your year out. But um, you know, I understand the sort of you know the, the concept. You want to work at absolutely put yeah. some time and effort into your relationship yeah. if you've been struggling, if the intimacy isn't there. But that that presumably isn't what you mean by yeah. No, I think you know the idea of functional is almost like we've not we've just fell into a pattern, yeah, a way of being that we don't think so. We don't think about the relationship. We don't put any energy into. Yeah. it. we don't need to right. service it. You know, in that sense, it just it just is what it is. Yeah. Well, what I'm talking about in terms of um, you know psychological intimacy is that we have to be intentional. Uh-huh. We have to you know intend and say to each other. We want to look and think and talk about our, our relationship. Nothing else, just our relationship. Yeah, yeah. And if that means that, you know, the idea of making a, a, a contract of, you know, or where do we want to be in the next mm. year, for me, that is, it's not, a, it's not a some, something that is going to tie us in, but it's kind of a way to expand us. Right. In the same way as, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about those, you know, those childhood experiences and how they kind of express themselves once you reach adulthood and one of those was, you know, was, was shame that we talked about. I'm just wondering the ways in which they might sort of infiltrate into relationships as well and the kind of roles that you sort of take in those relationships. Mm. Yeah, well, I think it's almost like the, the shame antenna is, is, is fairly high, I think, for men in terms of, in, in terms of relationships. We've come into a relationship with our coping strategies, our way of dealing with right. stuff, a way of avoiding kind of shame. Yeah. And of course, in a in a day to day relationship, that other person's going to be 
unintentionally perhaps prod in us in some way because yeah. of the way they do things or their questions or their expectations of us. We've all got our own histories and our own expectations Absolutely. of what, right? So, exactly, yeah. so we bring all of our baggage in there yeah. and, and then with uh, there's that sense of that could trigger yeah. something. You know, I mean, I, I'm thinking of a story, you know, in my own situation, you know, so like, I'm, I'm fairly good at DIY, you know, I trained as a carpenter early on in my life, you know, I think I know what I'm doing. And, you know, so I put a flat pack or something up, you know, as, as we do. And because I, I probably was making a mistake. So my wife there is there looking over, over, and she can, she's watching me, and um, which I, I felt a bit nervous about. Yeah. And, but then she kind of says, oh, shouldn't that be there? Yeah. And what, where did I go? Right to shame, so in a bit of rage. Yeah. You know, how dare you tell me? Yeah. Because I went into a small place. Shit, she's right. Yeah. She's got that right. And so I went into, I shouldn't be wrong. Yeah. And so that was yeah. a shame yeah. attack for me. That absolutely resonates with me. That one, and I think, well, a lot with, yeah. with, yeah. Many, with many men yeah. out there. To sort of finish up with just thinking about, you know, how sort of applicable, you know, your principles are and, you know, the, uh, developing emotional fitness and getting more in touch with the kind of physical feelings and, you know, expanding your, your emotional uh, vocabulary. Mm-hmm. You know, how... Do you think this that this is sort of, you know, applicable to, to all men? And in particular, I'm thinking of, you know, what... Is there a type of man that comes to see you for help? Is there a type of man that needs... That needs help with this, or is this, you know, does this does this just apply to all men? Yeah. Well, I, well, I suppose it's a big question, isn't it? But I, I, I would generally say yes, it applies to all men. Okay. Now, um, of course, there are men out there who have done quite a lot of work and are emotionally connected. Yeah. Of course, they are. So they're, I would say, generally the male population, they're they're ahead of the game. Yeah. But I think for me. The majority of men, they they lack um, emotional fitness. Yeah. Even men who are, you know, classically, you know, people say to me, oh, well, what about gay men? Are they not more connected to their emotions? Yeah. And I say, no, I don't think they are. And I've worked with several gay men. Because um, I, I think, you know, look, most gay men have, um, uh, have had heterosexual parents. Uh, they've been brought up in a heteronormative society. Yeah. So the whole messages about their masculinity are still the same, yeah. and they've had to actually do a hell of a lot more work yeah, to right. even the coming out. And of course, you know, they're not playing by the real man rules. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I, I think I think generally m- most men lacking emotional fitness. Yeah. Would it would it be a good analogy to sort of think of? Um, building your emotional fitness is similar to sort of building to your your physical muscles, like when you go to the gym or you do exercise. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been playing around with language for many years in terms of men and emotions, and so the idea of a EQ gym or an emotional heavyweight or toning up those muscles, I think, are really important. You yeah. know, I often use the idea that look, if if I was working weights and I just worked one arm, I'd get a massive bicep. And that's kind of what men, you know, in terms of the anger muscle, it's huge. Right, right. You know, it's massive. The rest of the body is quite puny. Yeah. So we need to work on those, you know, the sadness muscles, the anxiety muscles, the shame muscles, yeah. the hurt muscles, all the, because otherwise we're just going to be a bit lops- lopsided. Yeah. 
that's a great, great way of describing it. Thank you so much for coming today, James. It's been really, really enjoyable. I love reading your book and love hearing all about you know, your knowledge and insight about men mm. and, and their psychological well-being. So if people want to grab your book or want to get more information about the, the issues that you're talking about, where will be the best place for them to look? Well, thanks, Ben, also for having me here. I've really enjoyed it. That's been great. And, yeah, if people want to look at the book, I think the best place would be on Amazon. You know, you can read a lot about the book. You can have a look inside the book. There's a, there's a kind of Kindle version there, and there's a paperback version you can get off, uh, off Amazon. If people wanted to get the book from another place, and they could email me at um, synergyinfo um, at btinternet.com. Thank you, James. I'm sure people, both men and women, will really enjoy reading your book and learn a lot about themselves. And thank you to you for tuning in today, wherever you're listening or watching. I hope you enjoyed this special episode on the secret lives of men. And I'll see you in the next episode.